and welcome to Wayfinding, our Bible study turned podcast. My name is Benny, and I am joined by my co. I thought I would have a term by the time I got to this sentence, but I didn't. My co. Helldivers, we <laughs> co-recruits. I'm still trying to get them, guys. Dylan and Daniel, hello, welcome. I'm just gonna jump past it. Also, you just got like spammed by. Yeah, I don't on know your what's computer. going on. All right, let's try that again. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Good, good. Doing pretty good. Huh? Doing well. Doing well. I'm really tired. In the last like two hours, I like wrapped up stuff, and my mind was like. We've had a good productive. Have I told you guys about this? If I do something hyper productive, my brain goes, wow, we have been so productive. We can do nothing else and still have a great day. And that's exactly what we do. So as soon as I've done, if I've done something incredibly productive, chalk it. Like I either there's a potential that I keep going and it's like, oh, great, I can accomplish so so many other things. But then the other side is just like, wow, I did so much. I'm going to do nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) And today, after after like two hours ago or whatever, I finished everything. Mm -hmm. I'm like. I'm doing, yep, nothing I'm doing nothing else. And then I remembered later podcast. <laughs> I'm doing something. Yeah, I felt that. Like yeah. I get all my shelves drawn up for one. I'm like, oh. yeah. And Dylan came in miraculously like a bird from heaven. Uh. <laughs> like I enter every other room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, as always, we're going to have a time of just Q&A discussion first, and then we're going to get into John chapter 11 in just a little bit. But first, over to Dylan for questions. Benny, you lived in Illinois, right? Correct. You're closer to the Great Lakes than we are currently. Correct. I think. I'm yes. pretty sure. Yes. Have you, have you ever been? On them? Yeah. Yeah. They're massive. They're gigantic. I didn't realize how big they are. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's shipwrecks on there. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's kind of wild. When I got to go to Israel, they were explaining to us, they're like, yeah, so Israel is not a huge country. And we're like, yeah. And he's like, basically, the entirety of Israel fits inside of Lake Michigan. And we're like, hold time out. <laughs> it's that small. <laughs> So yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> Lake Michigan is is huge, and I think it's is it Lake Ontario's that that I think is the bigger one, but it just so. has like a lot of tiny islands mm-hmm. in, in, intermixed with it. But technically, it has like the most surface area. Lake Michigan is just like long, and, and then but doesn't have anything in the midst of it. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, it, it's it's kind of wild. Yeah, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Like it's always cold. I knew that it was big in the sense, like, it's a lake. Yeah. but And, f- like, a proper lake, not like... Yeah. I don't know, the lakes in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Puddle Medina, as you would call it. Yeah. Dude, Medina Lake is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, when we went to the weekend, there was... I don't know what... Is it, like, Travis? No, it's Yes, not. I think it's oh, Travis. It is? That one. Uh-huh. Yeah, me and Jason Holt were driving around making sure kids were supposed to do it and do what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And we, we didn't get lost. We went exploring. 
which is kind of a mistake considering how it was super muddy. And I was scared mm-hmm. the entire time that I was going to get stuck at my two wheel drive truck because <laughs> like nobody else is going to be able to pull us out because we only had the U-Haul and that wouldn't make it anywhere. And yeah. we saw this stupid Megman. We're like, oh, what's this? And then we also saw like a like one of those floating signs up at the top and it said, no swimming. And we're like, oh, that is probably like a quarter mile away from the water. That's not supposed to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I remember driving into camp and to, or yeah, over mm-hmm. to the camp and just on my GPS had the blue block to say like, oh, a body, a body of water is going to be here. And I get to it and it's like a bridge that we're driving over. I get to that body of water and I'm like, there's. Nothing. There's nothing here. This is straight up just ravine. <laughs> and it's like it's been dry enough, long enough that there's just dirt. Well, no, actually, there's vegetation growing. Like there's trees and everything. And I'm like, OK, well, I don't think all of those were just like underwater <laughs> this whole time. I think I know how water works and I don't think that's how that works. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but it for sure was not a lake. Yeah. At best, it was a creek. <laughs> so, Yeah, it, it amazes me like how one part of the United States can have so much water. Mm-hmm. And then you get down to here and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, there is no water. The, clo- yeah. the closest thing to water you'll get is the water from your fridge. Yeah. I, re- I remember going to, when I first moved to, when I first moved back to Illinois, different part of Illinois than I was in when I was born there. I was born in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Then I moved to like central Illinois. In this town, they had a lagoon. They had like little paddle boats and stuff that you could drive around. Yeah, whatever. Boat around on. It's, it's tiny. It's a small little thing. It's a lagoon. And I just remember telling the kids or yeah, I was talking to the students and I'm like, well, you guys want to go hang out? Do you want to go do something? And they're like, sure. Yeah, let's go. Why don't we go to the, to the park? I'm like, oh, the one like next to the lake. And they're like, no, the one by the lagoon. And I'm like, the, the lake, (laughs) (laughs) the one that has like the nice house. They're like, yeah, that's the. That's not a lake, Ben. I'm like, listen, I'm from Texas. Anything bigger than like a pail of water is a lake. (laughs) We take what we can get. (laughs) For us, the swimming pool is the ocean. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Hang on. Let me see what other questions I have. If I offered you $10 million, would you take it? Yes. Was there supposed to be like a part two? Yes, there is a part two. Oh, okay. <laughs> it doesn't just in there. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think you understand how trick questions <laughs> Daniel? Of course I'd take 10 million. Wait a minute. So now what's the part two? Well, Daniel said, wait a minute. So I'm wondering what. I feel like if I say no, I'm going to get more if I. You can change your answer later. Okay, oh, yes, I'll take $10 great. Million. <laughs> What if you took that $10 million, but you didn't wake up tomorrow? Oh, dang. No. No, I wouldn't. Uh, oh, what do you mean? Like, I'm out, I'm dead. Uh. Yes, yeah, so you get yeah. $10 million today, but tomorrow you're dead. You don't wake up tomorrow. 
Oh, it's not worth it. I can't do anything with the $10 million overnight. Correct. <laughs> See, so what I'm thinking about in my head, 12 a.m., I get the $10 million. 11.59 p.m. the next day, I'm dead. I would definitely take it. What? I would go on the biggest shopping spree of my entire oh, life. To have for a day? Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I think you missed the point of the question. <laughs> no. <laughs> the point of the question. So I've I've seen somebody ask this question on the on a different mm-hmm. clip somewhere online. I got it from there probably. Probably. And, and the the point of the clip is like, would you take ten million dollars? Would you still take ten million dollars if it meant you don't wake up tomorrow? And everyone everyone changes their answer, and it goes to no. I would not take the ten million dollars. They're like. Exactly. Because you having another day is worth more than having $10 million. So make use of that, of having a new day every day. And it's like, wow, so, so heartfelt, so incredible. But you're like, nah, I'm going to take the 10 mil. Correct. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yes. I'd go buy me an F-350. You can't even get F-450. paperwork done that fast. Huh? Oh yeah. Give me an F-450, pay for it in cash like a baller. Uh-huh. Pulling up with $120,000 just in a duffel bag. <laughs> Mr. Beast, though. Yes. And then I'm going to go to the tr- nearest tractor supply and get me one of those little mini bikes that I showed you earlier. Because that'd just be so funny to have a big old F450. And then you're. Or the mini bike? Yeah. <laughs> just for the mini bike. <laughs> and then I don't know what else I would do. Well, <laughs> hey, you can just will all the rest of the money into my name. Huh? Listen, if. if that actually be smart. I'm making a sacrifice for y'all. Listen, if I'm, uh, I'm just gonna disregard that. <laughs> oh if, no, we get some. If I'm taking, old, uh. if I'm taking ten million dollars, like let's say it's just like, it's a done deal. I'm gonna give you ten million dollars, but now you're you're dead tomorrow. What I do is like set up my family and friends and loved ones and whatever. Like I do things to like make sure they can be taken care of. I do that with the rest of the money. Yeah. So you buy me a four fifty. No, no. Taken care of, not spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> you might get five dollars out of it. Wow. Huh? I'll be friends with you. Huh? <laughs> I'd buy me a super nice coffin first. Oh my god! <laughs> a nine million dollar coffin. Play yeah. <laughs> the most extravagant funeral I could possibly think of. Invite. Everyone, yes, <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> That'd be so much fun. Watch nobody show up. Uh. That would happen to me, right? It would just be oh, you those. throw the biggest funeral, the biggest party fu- fu- funeral <laughs> thing, and no one shows up. You're like, dang, <laughs> everybody's busy that day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Dylan, but we found out about this before you're gonna die. So they gave me a four fifty. I was showing up. Wow. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. So you saw this? Have you seen Mr. Beast's new video? Well, y- yes. Maybe. What do you think about which, the, what which do you, one? About his chocolate. Uh? Oh, the refresh of the chocolate. What do you think about it? Uh? I like it. I, I think the new branding is really cool. I think the redoing of the recipe to make sure that it's the highest quality is really good. And then the marketing is like dope in terms of 
every day for the next 30 days, someone wins $10,000 if you buy Feastables, which by the way, oh. I've wasted. You haven't heard about that? No. I'm going to go get me a mini bike then. <laughs> I was I was going to say, I'm like, I have not gone to buy Feastables and I probably should. But yeah, so every single day for the next 30 days, by now I think it's like 20, something like that. Is this it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just don't want to pull up the old picture and absolutely look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> every day for the next 30 days, for the first 30 days of release, there's a QR code to scan on the chocolate bar. You scan it and fill out the form. It'll probably ask you for your receipt and whatnot to have proof of purchase. Mm-hmm. But there is one person every single day who will win $10,000. Every day. I know what Dylan's doing after this. So. I'm going to buy out Target and Walmart of all their chocolate. <laughs> it is available at Walmart, Target, and 7-Eleven. And if I still don't win the ten thousand dollars, I'm going to be super upset. You have a lot of chocolate, huh? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I wonder what like the odds are. Uh, I don't know. Super slim. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know what his sales are like. I'm sure he's doing well. I think Feastables is one of his main drivers of like profit because he's able to like generate the product and then like go. A lot of his videos run negative. His videos are now just for attention, but he's like, I'm going to spend like $200,000 or $500,000 on a video, and I'm probably only getting 100 or 200 back. Yeah. So he, he's realized now that his main channel videos are running at negative, but the others, his other channel videos, do well his react channel does really well because people will watch him react to other stuff and then that's a very low cost youtube channel that will still get the high views so he gets a better income on that and then he has his mr beast philanthropy that one just generates its own stuff so they make a video that one generates revenue but that revenue goes straight back into his philanthropy businesses and then he has Beast Burger, Feastables. Beast Burger's still a thing? Yeah, it's still out there. Oh. He doesn't drive as much to it. Right now, he's really heavily focusing on Feastables. Over $10 million in chocolate bars have been sold in, le- in less than three months on July 7th, 2023. So, that's about... Just... 10 million chocolate or just feastables or total just just feastables for so that's about five million dollars or five million chocolate bars i thought you said it was 10 million chocolate bars 10 million dollars 10 million dollars worth of chocolate bars they're each about two dollars so yeah yeah. five million ten million dollars within three months yes as of last summer yes yeah that's that's really good. And so if you think about it, it's like 1.2 million chocolate bars per month. So technically, Daniel, the answer to your question is you have a 1 in 1.2 million chance of getting that chocolate bar. Well, you, or you just buy it uh, for 2.4 million. That doesn't sound right because then you divide say, by 2. Hmm? 
It's it's so how many chocolate bars was it? Uh, Ten million dollars worth. Yeah, divided by two. Five. So it's five million for three months. For three months divided by three is the one point two. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, that's right. Two. It's a one in a million chance. Yeah. One point two about. It sounds better as one in a million chance. So if you want to spend $2 million on chocolate bars to get $10,000, go ahead. <laughs> or just buy the first bar and win. Yeah, good luck with that, Daniel. I don't know. I look somewhat good. I want a shotgun. Daniel, if you buy the first chocolate bar, or if you buy the chocolate bar and you get it first try, I will double it at some point. Wow, that sounds like a great deal. Oh. I'm You're not confident that you, you won't get it. Oh. Oh, I thought you were trying to say, like, if you give it to me, I will double it. No. <laughs> if he gets it in general first try, I will double it at some point in my lifetime. Not going to be now because I do not have $10,000 just to give you. But at some point in my lifetime, I will give you $10,000. 20000 uh, Yeah, I'll, be, I'll, just, I'll give you $20,000. i will be that confident. That you have to pull the winning, winning chocolate bar. First try. First try. <laughs> I'm not losing anything. So if I buy it, I get a chocolate. Uh, I'm going to be so upset if he pulls it. Imagine. You have no idea. <laughs> I mean, you did win a shotgun. Oh, their odds are really not looking up. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. For those of you all who don't know, Daniel went to a shooting, clay shooting tournament. Yeah. Huh? And he won a shotgun along with his boss. But his boss's wife was pulling the names, so it was pretty rigged. No, it wasn't. It was, it was not, not rigged. rigged. <laughs> For legal stuff, it was not rigged. <laughs> There's no proof that it wasn't. There's proof really? that it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Gosh dang it, I felt like I had a question, but now I forgot it. I need you guys to play Helldivers. Oh my goodness. <laughs> It has completely taken over my mind. <laughs> Yesterday I had a long day. And even then I went home and still like we wrapped up, had dinner, whatever. I'm like, I'm going to war. I'm go <laughs> I just fought for like two hours. Benny, at what point does something become an addiction? I don't know. Because <laughs> I think you're there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a, a good question. <laughs> but I don't know when when something is an addiction. I think it's when out whenever you can't go without it is when you're addicted to it. Benny, can you go without hell divers? I'm going I'm without it right now. But you're thinking about it. I was now because I brought it up. <laughs> Not having control over doing taking or using something to the point where it becomes harm could be harmful to you. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not there yet. Yet. <laughs> I think I put it in the get. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not there yet. <laughs> We're going to get an email one day. Benny decided to leave Mission City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is he What is he doing? Oh, he's just going to war. <laughs> Army? Army? No. No. The Helldivers. <laughs> what's, what's that? It's a video game. It's a video game. <laughs> this is what our generation has come to. <laughs> Benny, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, my gosh. Dude, I don't know. That's a tough question. Well, I don't know. Isn't very helpful. I'm thinking. What about you, Daniel? 
let me think. I mean, Carl. I, was, I don't know if you guys know Carlos. Uh, mm-hmm. He gave me some pretty good advice about in high, dating in high school. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's not worth dating. <laughs> we can tell. <laughs> I don't know why I perfectly pictured it. He gave me advice about dating in high school. And I pictured just him going, don't. <laughs> that was basically it. He was like, it's not worth dating in high school. And mm-hmm. I, that's like some of the best advice I've been given and I've been able to give other people. It's just not worth it. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't he date Heidi in high school? Or is it after? No, he was maybe sophomore oh, in college. So it was pretty close after. Yeah, yeah a couple, couple of years after high school. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't in it. Like I think they met even in college. Oh, like in their college years. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, I I agree with that. Um, it's it's not a. It's never. There are very few times at which a high school relationship like works out. It doesn't really well. Like it's very few. It's nice. It's all sweet. You know, you have the high school sweetheart story and it's nice and whatever. You can't bank on that, you know, you know, so yeah, I don't know. Cue the joke about Dylan. Oh, Dylan, you did it in high school. It didn't work out either. Nobody was going to say anything. No, Daniel was definitely going to say something. (laughs) I saw the look in Daniel's eyes and I was just waiting for it. Oh, you're looking at my eyes. Uh well, I'm going to have to cut that out. <laughs> I think the best piece of advice I've ever received is from cars. Oh, like, no. Like, no lie. Okay, what's the advice? Whatever Doc Hudson is going, is talking to Lightning McQueen. And I think, or I could just be completely wrong about the scene. Okay. But he goes, cruise like a Cadillac, sting like a bee. That is the That's best. the greatest advice yes. I've ever heard. Yeah. Be calm when you want, but when you have to get stuff done, get it done. Mind blown. I just blew all y'all's minds. <laughs> I mean, listen. I don't know if that was a sigh of defeat from Benny or a sigh of I want to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it was both. Man, I still don't know what to classify as like the best piece of advice. That's super tough. Because part of me just wants to be like the the Jesus answer of just being like, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the greatest piece of advice you could ever be. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I should have some kind of, like, I've been around Tony's for so long. I feel like I should have some advice for him. The the greatest piece of advice I've ever learned from Tony was when I was in eighth grade and he was my small group teacher. He told me, always be ready to give an answer for the reason you believe. And it was, it was quoting scripture, but it was always be ready to give a defense of, of what you believe in. It stuck with me, I mean, obviously till this very day, of just like the importance of knowing why you believe something so that you can give a defense of it. And it helps so much to be able to like then to – to be able to understand what you believe better is always better for you. Then you can explain that to people better. Yeah. And you can give 
a defense of your faith, but also just like you'll be able to evangelize better because you you know your your theology, you know your faith better. So that's something from him that I that I gained. And it's it's super tough to figure out what the single best piece of advice ever was. Well, we know what Dylan says it was from a cars movie. Uh. If we're talking movie, Rafiki once said Who? The monkey from Lion King. <laughs> he said, look beyond what you see. That's it? Yep. That's kind of basic, Benny. Now, he was meaning, like, he was meaning literally beyond the tree line is is the, the pride rock that you need to go to. So, he's me- meaning, like, mm-hmm. physically. But it's also, like, uh, it's from Lion King one and a half. And so it's one ten, and a half. One and a half. Huh? You don't know? No. Oh my gosh. Lion King one and a half is the story of Timon and Pumbaa alongside the story of Lion King one. <laughs> it's super funny. And so you you follow Timon and Pumbaa's story. And they meet Rafiki, and Rafiki says, Look beyond what you see. And Timon responds and he goes, I see. You mean I need to look deeper beyond what is on the surface level so that I can really deeply understand the person that I am trying to connect with? I'm like, wow. And he goes, Rafiki, Rafiki goes, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> he goes, look beyond what he he's pointing, pointing over to the, to the mountain range. He's going, oh, it's right over there. <laughs> What, what about you, Daniel? What's your favorite? Do you have a movie, movie advice? advice? <laughs> I'm like, I've heard like musicians, like some, I don't really look, like pay attention to movies. So wow. Like that, like quote, quotes. So. Mm-hmm. Like the best like quote kind of uh, I've heard from a musician is, what was it? Mm. So he says he plays his performances like it's his last day on earth. Uh, hmm. So he does it to a hundred percent, thousand times percent like he would do if it was his last day on earth. Uh, sure. And I like that for me, I want to do put that in my own life where I'm like, I want to be, it's my de- last day on earth. So I need to give a hundred percent every day and anything I do uh, mm-hmm. and not, Put half of it, uh, even when I'm tired and stuff. I need to give that a hundred percent. That's what I, the best like kind of quote I've heard. Uh. I like that. You got anything else, Dylan? Or uh, do you really not have a movie quote? There's got to be something, Daniel. You've seen so many inspirational movies. See what movies I've watched. Uh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> There's no way. You've yeah. seen Creed, whatever number just came out. Creed 3, I think that was the last one. Top Gun 2. If you ain't getting a quote from those, Daniel, I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> I don't know anything more inspirational than that, other than Cars and Turbo. Give me a second. There's one winner, 42 losers. I ate losers for breakfast. Lightning McQueen, when he was in the trailer going to his first race. Yeah, well, probably wasn't his first race. 
Don't ask me what we learned in church on Sunday, though. Mostly because I wasn't there. Okay. That's a good one. Huh? Okay, from Creed 3. Efficiency over power. Huh? I like that. Fish Fi- what? Efi- efficiency. Oh. Efficiency over power. Efficiency over power. Yeah, I thought you said efficiency over power. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> screw boxing. <laughs> become a fisherman. As Jesus said in Rome. <laughs> Jump over to the John. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect segue. <laughs> if you want me, I can give you one from Top Gun too. Huh? <laughs> I'll find no one out of this. Uh. Well, <laughs> it's Top Gun. Literally every line they said was inspirational. <laughs> Some of them were funny. Well, I stand and corrected. You told me not to think. Uh. Mm-hmm. That's the worst piece of inspirational advice I've ever heard in my entire life. You could not get worse than that. You could have said one of the funny ones in Better Half. Really Too late. It. There really isn't any good one. What's the... Hold on. Let's flip it. What is the worst piece of advice you've ever heard in your life? You told me not to think from 30 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hmm. I've heard a lot of bad advice. <laughs> I just like been pointing it down to the worst one. Huh. Now that one's not a bad one because that one's true. Huh. Do you have anything, Daniel? I like I've had told you guys something that's happened in my life. Somebody's told me. feel like the worst piece of advice is so hard to think of because it's like you almost think of it like a joke yeah. and so you forget about it. But so now I'm like trying to think of like when was a time that somebody actually like gave me advice that I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> Go to college. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, no, 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 you should go to college. Maybe. Take high school seriously. Consider, <laughs> consider college. My, uh, it's probably, it's not the worst. It's not even advice. But I had a, I took a philosophy course mm-hmm. when I was at SAC. And my professor one day said, like, you said you like art. I'm like, yeah. He goes, you're really good at philosophy. Like, I, I really like your contributions to the class and everything. Have you ever considered doing, like, art therapy? And I'm like... No, I haven't. He goes, you should really think about it, like being an being an art therapist. And I'm like, I'll consider it. I guess <laughs> I'll think on it. Did you, <laughs> you ever know? do it? No. <laughs> you wouldn't be here if you did that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like you still would. <laughs> I feel like you'd be in there for a week and be like, I'm tired of hearing about people's problems. <laughs> I say the worst piece of advice for me is to take a dual credit in high school. Hmm. Honestly, I never did it. But it seems like the biggest waste of time ever. Because you still have to take it in 
college. Like, you're still going to have to take an English class in college. It does move you up a level. But then you're just stuck with a bunch of... Like, there's no acclimation to it. Because whenever you're going to the second level of English in college, yeah. they think that you've already been through all this stuff. But high school but high school English and high school or in college English are two different things. Yes. But I mean, it's just for credit. That is true. I, I could know. see it for AP. Cause AP classes only get you like you get like bonus points mm-hmm. or whatever. You get bonus points on your, on your GPA. <laughs> but otherwise, like, if you don't write a good enough paper, it's useless. You're done. You just did a harder <laughs> class and got nothing for it. <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> what about you, Daniel? For for some reason, I want to say somebody told me something about drinking. Uh, it was like you need to drink, do something with drinking. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just can't remember exactly what it was. Mm. Like to drink or not to drink. No, to drink. Okay. It was some kind of like, oh, you need a drink to do, get this or something. I don't know. <laughs> some weirdo. To get hair on your chest? No. Oh. I've had some weird fishermen. Like, There's just been some weird instances I've had. I just can't remember. Uh, That's why I don't talk to people. <laughs> for risk of getting bad advice? Yeah. <laughs> Amy scaring people. Yeah. Oh, I, think I remember did. one. I was dove hunting once, uh, and this it was on like public land. And this guy was like, "You need to drink more to shoot better." Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's how that works. <laughs> that is single-handedly the most opposite thing anybody could have said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had somebody say that's pretty bad advice. That's pretty bad. Benny, I have a new hobby. I think I might have told you this already, but probably not. Reading Amazon reviews. Oh, that's funny. Those are funny. Yes. So, did I tell you about the toilet incident from Morgan and Lane? Yes. Did I tell you about the reviews about a super expensive toilet I found on Amazon? No. So, there was this toilet. Like fourteen or $15,000 for the single toilet. Oh, my gosh. Like, stupid expensive. I go down at the reviews. Funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Five-star review. Surprise feature. A toilet so expensive that it does not need any description of its features. If anyone is curious, it caught me. It has a feature that caught me off with my pants down. Pun intended. An automatic insertion enema enema hose. Whatever that is. E-N-E-M-A. Enema. Enema. What is that? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know exactly what it is, but I don't want to say it. Uh, what is it? I don't, I'll tell you off there. It's not appropriate. Uh, we can cut it off. We can cut this out. Benny can cut this out. I really don't. <laughs> I don't want to say it. <laughs> An automatic insertion beep hose. Will be activated with the push of a button. It's not a bad word to say. It's just I don't want to explain what it okay. is. <laughs> is it like a bidet where it just like cleans your butt? No, enema. Do you know what an enema is? Huh? No, no. 
Look it up on your phone. And I don't know if I want to look yeah. it up on my phone. There are certain things Benny's just don't know for a reason. You know, like look it up, but then tell me what you think. Huh? How do you? How, how do you? E N E M A. Yeah. You don't have to click enter. <laughs> Gross. Just helps you poop. You could have just said that, Daniel. It's like a precision bidet. Yeah. B- bidet. <laughs> no, you stick it. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It goes up your rear end and cleans you out. You could have just said that. Best to read manual before you test drive. <laughs> Next review. Scary. Squirted me in the face. Two frog emojis. <laughs> Thanks, Randy. Five stars. Awesome toilet. Randy was right. Also, the pre-downloaded songs so, song what? by Sounds of Maria was just the cherry on top. I did not. Oh, it plays music. Apparently, worst experience I've ever had. The super jet nearly took my butt hairs off. I was so upset that I purchased a self-contained gas-saving turd bake <laughs> oven. <laughs> Randy was right. Randy Marsh was spot on with this. Love it. No more toilet paper in this house. And that's on it. I wish there were more of them because I would just love to read them. You guys are going to hate me. It's only been a week and I know I'm already irritating people. In Helldivers. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> there, so in the store, there's reviews that are completely fake. And it's so funny. So it has like the products available that you could actually like buy Mm -hmm. like with real money. And then underneath it has reviews for the project for the products. And like they're all just made up. And so it just says like one of them said, my wife said I had to choose between this and her. She will be missed. (laughs) (laughs) Five star. There's so many that it's like. Sometimes you just check the store for the reviews. <laughs> Did you know you can be a professional reviewer for Amazon? Yes. I had no idea. They'll send you free products, too. How do I find the... I was going to look up the reviews for you, but I can't find it. Oh, well. Well, you guys ready for John chapter 11? Yep. It's a long one. We might want to break it in two. We'll go... Verse 1 through 44, and then we'll we'll save the second half for next week. This or is going to be a part two, people. Huh? <laughs> All right. Let me read it for us, and then we'll, we'll get into it. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling them, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the man, so that the son of God will receive glory from this. So, although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. 
Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours in a daylight. There are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had already died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there, for now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let's go too and let's go too and die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus has already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. And when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she f fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up with him and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. And then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its, en its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus, Jesus, okay. Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? 
So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all the people standing here, so that they will believe that you have sent me. And then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth, and Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Imagine just like talking to a wall, essentially. (laughs) And then some guy walking out of it. Yeah. That is the most baller thing. They moved the stone, Dylan. They they moved. It was a grave. It was. (laughs) Whoa. So he wasn't just talking to the wall. (laughs) They 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 moved it aside, and so now you had like a a hole (laughs) there. Imagine talking to a wall with a hole in it. Then, excuse me, big difference. (laughs) Imagine him not actually saying Lazarus' name. He says, "Just come out," and they all wake up. Mm Hmm. We talked about that a few weeks ago where the theory goes that if he didn't say Lazarus come out, then he could have actually also proven himself by saying just come out, arise, like, you know, but then everyone in the grave would have awoken, you know. Would that mean they would all get restored to like a perfect? I feel like. Because some of them had to be in there like rotting and stuff. I. So I wouldn't say they would have been restored to perfect. I mean, you know. But they would have been restored to exactly how they were prior to death minus, like, sickness and ailment. I feel like if that happened, God could have just undone it. Like, click the redo button. Just like, oh, nope. All y'all go back. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess. Little John, you got to go back. Big Billy, back. Lazarus, you can stay. Yeah. Imagine how disappointed someone might have, must have been if that would have happened. Oh, my Just, gosh. All right, everybody come out. No, never mind. My bad. Go back. Just Lazarus. Just Lazarus. <laughs> oh, so I have a question. Okay. This is kind of off topic. But, oh, no. <laughs> but it's still kind of the thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> So I thought about it last week and I just never brought it up. But can Jesus go to hell? Well, yes. Is there like a- so? So the 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 theory goes that Jesus, when he died on the cross, the three days because he was like he took on sin. In that moment, the theory goes that he went to hell, paid the price, and then came back. And that's kind of the, the symbolism of, like, he went, he paid for everything, came back uh, to life. But, yeah, it, it also just kind of depends on, like, your theory or concept of hell and what you believe it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, in this passage, you see Jesus is still uh, in, I don't know where he is, actually. I don't remember, like, what part of the nation he was in. But 
he's far away. Lazarus Lazarus gets sick, and they send word to him, and he's like, "Nah, he'll be fine." <laughs> he says, "It happened for the glory of God, so the Son of God can receive glory from him from this." So he says, "He'll be okay. We'll go later." Two days later, he tells his disciples, "Let's go back to Judea," and they get all upset because they're like, "Jesus." You almost got stoned the last time uh, we went there. You, know, you want to go back so that they can maybe like <laughs> have a second chance to kill you? He he speaks in this un- other metaphor. He gives them another parable, a micro parable, saying there are twelve hours in an, twelve hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely; they can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. And then he pivots and he says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I will go wake him up. What do you make of verse 9 and 10 where he talks about light walking around during the day and walking around at night? I like how he compares himself, well, he compares God to being the light Mm -hmm. and walking in a straight line. Hmm. Does yours specifically word it as as walking in a straight path? Well, if anyone walks around in the day, he does not stumble. So, in my Uh brain... I see. Yeah, nothing nothing trips them. They can continue on their yeah. straight path. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, sometimes I do stumble, but... <laughs> <laughs> but that's really my own fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's definitely a connection there in terms of... We remember at the beginning of the book of John, mm-hmm. he says that the light has come into the world. Mm-hmm. So once again, he, Jesus is likening himself in this picture... To having the light to help you walk in the day. I see this kind of in a multifaceted type illustration. Mm -hmm. So there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk around safely because they have the light of this world. At night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Partially, one explanation I see is... Jesus is the light of the world. Mm -hmm. He is the one that gives us light to know how to walk about in the day or how to walk about our lives so that we do not stumble. Mm -hmm. Because when it is uh, night, we, when we do not have him, we stumble in our ways. So that's one without Jesus, we stumble with him. We can see the path with him. We can continue walking. I also see a, I also see an explanation where this is a pseudo warning where he says, so there are 12 hours of daylight every day during the day. People can walk around safely because they have the light, but at night there is danger. I see this also as a picture of like, hey, right now you're able to walk around because you have the light. 
but there comes time where you don't. And so I also see a potential illustration for there is coming a time at which Jesus is not going to be there. Mm-hmm. And we will have it will be dangerous to walk around because we will have no light. So I also see that explanation similar to what I shared maybe a few weeks ago was Jesus is waiting and Jesus is with one arm calling us to him saying, hey, I'm here to rescue you. In this metaphor, he is providing that light and that path for you to come to salvation, right? For you to be saved. With one hand, he is welcoming you. With the other hand, he is holding back God's wrath. One day, both of those hands will drop and God's wrath will have to be carried out on the world. And you will no longer be welcomed into the safety of Jesus's arms, the safety of of the Messiah. So the time is coming at which we will not have the light. Yeah. So I also see that being a, a potential illustration here. I just think it's so interesting that he writes this and then pivots so quickly to Lazarus has fallen asleep. I will go and wake him up. Hmm. I think it's really interesting. I don't know what to make of it. I like how we put him first. Lazarus, Lazarus first. Rather than like, I guess, formally ending the conversation hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Jesus goes, he continues. Jesus tells them, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Let's go and see him. So at this point, Jesus already knows what he's doing. Jesus knew from the very beginning, which is why he wasn't like in a rush to like go see him. He's like, no, no, no. God's going to get glory through what's about to happen. What has Jesus been doing over the last few chapters that we've been reading? Jesus has been constantly having conversation after conversation, performing miracles, but then also trying to point out to people how he is the Messiah, how he has power over the flesh, how he has power over these physical ailments that are that are weighing down on people. You know, he's healing people from being blind, healing people who can't walk. He is uh, then teaching them, explaining to them how I am the living water. I am the living bread. I am the rescuer. I am the one you have been waiting for. I have a relationship with the father so intimately close that you don't even understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jesus has been trying for the last few chapters to outline how he is the Messiah. He has power over all these things. I partially feel a little bit of excitement coming from the passage of like Jesus saying, I'm glad I wasn't there. Now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. I almost get a little bit of excitement from him of like, just wait until you see what's next. Mm -hmm. So they, they, they go up. uh, I don't know what to make of verse 16. 
I think it's funny. It might be a joke. It might be Thomas being like, let's go too. I guess we'll just go die with Jesus. <laughs> like he's about to go back into Judea. So I wonder if Thomas meant it in like a joking manner of like, well, I guess we're just going to go die. He's <laughs> you so know? done with Jesus. Shenanigans. He's like, yeah, man. <laughs> this is it. Man. I want to see that. Like, like this moment in the chosen. Uh, that's what this, that's what season four is. Right. Yeah. I want to like watch it and like see that moment that I could probably. Yeah. I want to see how, how they play that. I, I'm excited to see season four. Like when it comes to the app, like free release for everyone. I'm excited to see it. Have you seen the Mark Wahlberg like things of like the Catholic praying thing? Uh, oh yeah. Like the Jesus guy is doing it. Okay. Yeah. Well, Jonathan Rumi is Catholic. So like, I'm kind of, I kind of want to download the app because it's just <laughs> <laughs> Jesus told me to. <laughs> Not Jesus, like actor Jesus. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited for for that those episodes of the chosen to to be released and just to see how they do it, how how they do this scene. So Jesus goes back to Bethany. He has told he is told Lazarus has been in the grave for four days. He first is met with Martha, and uh. Martha says, if only you had been here, my, my brother would not have died. Jesus says, your brother will rise again. So with Martha, he encourages her, your, your brother will rise again. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. He's like hinting. He's like trying to, he's, he's, again, I think there's the excitement level of like, just wait, mm -hmm. I am going to do great. Like <laughs> I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after death. Just you wait. So Martha responds, yes, Lord, I've always believed that you are the Messiah, the son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. And she returned to Mary she gets Mary, tells her to come outside. The teacher's here. Everyone thinks she's going to see Lazarus at the tomb, so they run over there. And Mary goes to see Jesus. Mary responds in the same way her sister did. And she says, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus this time responds with sympathy. When we struggle, when we go through different trials, when we go through sorrow like this, Jesus responds to us in both of these ways. Jesus responds to us in a way of encouragement, excitement of like, yes, I know this is hard, but I am the resurrection, but I have the power to I have power over this. And so I, he encourages us. He gives us peace. He gives us just that reaffirmation that even through the struggle, he is with us and we can overcome. And he also provides sympathy mm -hmm. sitting there with us as he did with Mary he says it shows a deep anger welled up within him. He was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? 
they said to him, Lord, come and see. And this is the famous, like, everyone, when you have to, like, quote a Bible verse, this is the, <laughs> oh, John eleven thirty five, Jesus wept. <laughs> then Jesus wept. People who were standing nearby see how much he loved them. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus here decides, not decides, sorry. Jesus here responds to Mary weeping with her. And also weeping for her. That we have to go through such agony, that we have to go through such sorrow. Mm -hmm. And so I think, because he, he cries and also wells up with anger. And as I read that, the only way I see that happening is if Jesus is not crying because of like, oh no, Lazarus died. Of a friend. He is... He is sad because he's like, man, you have to. They don't get it. I wish you wouldn't have to. He is brokenhearted over the sorrow that we feel and over the heartache we have. It kind of reminds me of the story of leaving Eden where when we when Adam and Eve had to leave the garden of Eden God looked at them and he wasn't angry he actually he told them like now what happens mm -hmm. he's like guys I can't have you here you can't be in the garden now you're cursed to forever work the fields you're you know the woman is going to be cursed with child childbearing pains and now the the sacrifice uh now the punishment for sin is death now you guys are gonna have to die and so god responds to our sin with brokenheartedness to see like no i didn't want this for you and so i see a little bit of that here that Jesus weeps both to just be there with us, but in the sense of like, I wish I could make you not have to endure this. Mm -hmm. But we are in a sinful world, a world filled with death. And we are going to go through these times of sorrow and sadness. And Jesus is still there. He's still there in that moment with us. So they go out to the tomb and Jesus has them roll the stone away from the entrance. First, he says, he, he says, roll the stone aside. Martha, Martha steps up and she's like, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell is going to be terrible. She goes, oh no, <laughs> the smell. That's to me, that's so funny of her just being like, oh, if you were here, my brother wouldn't be dead. Don't try to save him, though. It stinks. <laughs> it stinks. <laughs> the smell will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and 
It is kind of it's, it's kind of funny. <laughs> Jesus responds, and he says, "Did I not tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe?" Because he said he told he told the messenger that way back at the beginning of the chapter here. He says, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God. So the Son of God will receive glory from this. And so he says, did I not tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside and Jesus looked up to heaven and he said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I say it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe that you sent me. So he is at this point, he is praying and having an open conversation with God. He goes, I know you're always hearing me. And I know I always talk to you in public, in private right now. I'm talking to you so that everyone will know that it is through you that we are, that we are able to do what we're about to do. And then Jesus shouts, Lazarus, come out. The dead man comes out, his hands and feet still bound in grave clothes. His face is still wrapped in a head cloth. And Jesus tells them to unwrap him, let him go. So I think what's so cool here, Jesus shows his power over death. Jesus has been spending the last few chapters explaining how he is the Messiah. He is the son of God. He has power over our, our physical like ailments. He has power over our emotional ailments. He has power over death. He's been explaining to them how he is the way. He is how they can get to freedom to be saved, to be rescued from their sin. He is the Messiah. He's like just trying to drive this home. He's like, what is the one thing that awaits us all? And it's death. He goes, guess what? I can beat that. So he shows us through Lazarus. He's like, by the way, I can command death. I have the power to resurrect this person. And I believe he's also trying to show an image of what he's going to do. Because Lazarus is buried in a very similar way that Jesus will be buried. Lazarus is buried in a tomb with a stone, with a stone rolled in front of it. And in the same way, Jesus, when he is buried with in the tomb with a stone rolled in front of it, he, on the third day, emerges from there. But instead of asking people roll the stone away and he has to shout for Lazarus to come out, Lazarus still has all of his, his gauze and everything over him. When Jesus does it himself, Stone rolls away by itself. The stone, the tomb is empty and all of the, 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 the grave clothes are just there 
on in the in the tomb and so he's even gone a f- to a step further than what he does here he's like i have power and authority over life and death i i can beat death mm-hmm. through raising the dead here and through raising myself cuz he remember he just told people that he's going to die yeah. He he explained to people how he has to go and die and that he will come back and they don't understand. So he's like, okay, let me show you. And so he uses this opportunity to show how he will come back from the dead. This whole time, Jesus is weaving a picture of like, I'm going to do this incredible thing. And you are not going to believe it. Wow. So I'm going to show you piece by piece every facet. And then later on, it'll make sense. But just you wait. You will see what I can do. Wow. It's incredible. It's, it's incredible. Anything else stand out to you guys in the passage? Any any verse stand out to you? Or or do you have any questions that comes from it? Not really for me. I mean, for the most part, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much straightforward, huh? Mm-hmm. Do we want to... We might we have a little bit of time. I think we should just finish. The, Do we want to finish up chapter eleven? It's not much more. I don't know. Ten verses. Ten yeah, verses. yeah. It's just a few. Might as well. Sure. Let's go ahead and go through it. We have a little bit of time. Just kidding, listeners. There will be no. Part there will two. be no part two. <laughs> Get we will just continue <laughs> with John twelve. You thought. All right. <laughs> Verse forty-five. Y'all are so gullible. <laughs> <laughs> Many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. But some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the leading priests and Pharisees called the high council together. What are we going to do? They asked each other. This man certainly performs many miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on like this, soon everyone will believe in him. Then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. Caiaphas, who was the high priest at the time, said, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't realize that it's better for you that one man should die for the people than for the whole nation to be destroyed. He did not say this on his own. As high priest at that time, he was led to prophesy that Jesus would die for the entire nation. And not only for that nation, but to bring together and unite all the children of God scattered throughout the world. So from that time on, the Jewish leaders began to plot Jesus's death. As a result, Jesus stopped his public ministry among the people and sorry, Jesus stopped his public ministry among the people and he left Jerusalem. He went to a place near the wilderness, the village of Ephraim. He stayed there with his disciples 
It was now almost time for the Jewish Passover celebration, and many people from all over the country arrived in Jerusalem several days early so that they can go through the purification ceremony before Passover began. They kept looking for Jesus, but as they stood around in the temple, they said to each other, What do you think? He won't come for Passover, will he? Meanwhile, the leading priests and Pharisees had publicly ordered that anyone seeing Jesus must report it immediately so that, it, so that they could arrest him. So that part just kind of wraps up our, our story here. This, it, it, it's the breaking point. And you can see the, the small note that it makes of, he did not say this on his own. He was led to prophesy that Jesus would die for the entire nation but not only the nation, but to bring together all the children of God and scattered all throughout the world. That line explains what why this is happening. So this part is now Jesus has spent his ministry on earth. He has shown his deity. And because of that, the Pharisees are responding with, we have to kill this guy before he gets too much attention and the Roman army comes to destroy us. It's kind of like he's just, he's too loud. He's too much. He's doing, he's getting too popular, but so much so that Rome will see him as a, as a target. Rome will see him as a, as a threat. And then they will see us as a threat and they will come and attack us. And so because of that, they decide it is better for us to kill Jesus than for us to lose the entire nation. Anything you guys have to add to this or questions? Once again, not really. It's kind of hard to add, like add something onto it or have questions about it. Sure. Cause it's not like Psalms where it's like, yeah, it's, it, this is of straightforward. Yeah, Psalms is is poetry, so there's like a lot to like unravel in terms of meaning yeah. and whatnot. And this is this is more so. I mean, there's a little bit in terms of unraveling like what mm-hmm. Jesus is meaning, but a lot of this is a lot more story based, linear. You're following along with what's happening. Yeah, and it's a lot easier than when we read through First and Second Samuel. Because that was like historical document. <laughs> this is written more so as like just a prose piece. This is yeah. written as a story, not written as history. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not written for historical documentation. It's written for like Hey, this people. happened. Yeah. It's written for people to read, not for like a record. Yeah. Not for like a, a historical record. Because because that's what like first and second Samuel and, and some of the books in the Old Testament they are the the books of history, they were written just like with incredible detail mm-hmm. for the sake of preserving history. To know like, okay, it was this person who was the son of this person who went to this town to talk to this person who was the son of this person, and they did this, they discussed this thing, and they did, you know, it's a lot more detailed because it was it's historical record. Yeah, this is more so like, I want you to understand what happened, but on a common level, not mm-hmm. like detail structure, you know. So, yes, it is very straightforward, less to interpret. 
They're getting ready for Passover. These are very important celebrations for the Jewish people. They are remembering Passover. They are remembering the spirit of the the angel of death who, who passed over them back in the book of Exodus. Yeah. 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 Book of Exodus. The story of Exodus. The, the Yeah. <laughs> Where, so they were in Egypt. They were told to put the blood of a lamb on their doorposts. And if they did, then their children would be protected. If you didn't, then your firstborn child died. And now they forever remember what God has done for them by celebrating Passover. So they have these times to celebrate together of when Jesus protected them through the, through the shedding of blood of an innocent, perfect lamb. That is important because Jesus is now the fulfillment of Passover, the shedding of an innocent blood for the sake of protecting the people. This is important. All of it, everything, all these traditions that they follow, all these ceremonies that we see the Jewish people follow are important symbolisms for what Jesus has done for us. And in the context of the story, what Jesus will do for us. Mm-hmm. So all of that is, is all of these are, are important details to just like line up. So for next week, we will continue in John chapter 12. And, and then things are, things are getting good here. I mean, the next few chapters is like, this is it. It's, it's happening, you know? So from here, it's like, we have now gone through Jesus's ministry. He does ministry for three years. His, his, his formal time of ministry is three years. The first part of it, we, we've, so you have to kind of imagine that we've kind of glazed over now two years, let's say two, three years. And then we are now in the last either half year or year as it leads up to his death. So over the next few chapters, time will move a lot slower. We're, we're going slower throughout these events because we, we are leading up to his death. But we will continue that next week, John 12. As always, I appreciate you guys being here. Listeners, I appreciate you guys tuning in. And a reminder, as, as we always like to, to ask you, we, we don't ask for a, a lot necessarily, but we always like to remind you that we have a Q&A spot at the bottom on Spotify or whatever. We, we'd love to get your reviews on this podcast. What'd you think of it? If you have anything for us to discuss, we would love to hear those questions as well or, or, or those topics. We always appreciate you guys tuning in and we look forward to seeing you guys and, and having you with us next week. So until next time, you guys. Adios. See you.